what if they want their money back? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you can find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we're talking about a fear that I think is a little bit more specific to online business owners versus brick and mortar business owners. And I want to dive into this idea of what happens if they ask for their money back. If a client is unhappy with what you're doing and they ask for a refund, I think it's a situation that a lot of brick and mortars identify as coming with the territory. People take their dishes back to the, send their dishes back to the kitchen when they go to a restaurant. People return clothes all the time. People return objects on Amazon on a daily basis and nobody takes it personally. It's just the cost of doing business. But for some reason, when we're talking about online businesses, the idea that somebody might ask for a refund tends to paralyze us a bit. It keeps us stuck and frozen. And my story about that is because our name is on the product. So many online business owners are their own personal brand. And because we put so much of ourselves into our brand, if somebody asks for their money back, we suddenly feel as though our own worth and our own value is being questioned, judged, and deemed unacceptable. Sitting next to me as I talk about this podcast episode is a Michael Kors handbag. That was like my first big purchase I made when my business started to do well and started to turn a profit. And I don't think Michael would have cared very much if I bought the bag at Macy's and returned it. He would never find out about it because Macy's would get the return and they don't really care about it because I'm just one of a hundred returns. But what if I had to call Michael personally and say, hey, dude, I think you've been phoning it in with your designs lately. I've been following your handbags for a while and this latest batch just looks like everyone else's. Quite frankly, that's what I would tell him if I ever got on the call. I think he used to be more innovative and new and different, and now he looks like Calvin Klein, who looks like Coach, and all the handbags run together. But you're not listening to an episode about handbags. You're listening to an episode of what happens if they want their money back. And the reason why I'm talking to you about that today is because a listener wrote in with a question. So here goes. Heather, I just released a new online offering and two people requested refunds within a week of purchasing. I'm crushed by this. I'm doubting my content. I'm worried that more will come in and I have no idea how to respond. How do you respond when people criticize and express dissatisfaction with something you care so much about? I'm just so upset and feel like it was all a waste. I can't stop thinking about it. I've lost all motivation for work and it's going to start affecting my work with the paying clients if I don't get myself together. What should I be doing and how can I fix this? Well, I think the first step is, is stop panicking. Stop going into crisis mode because two people wanted their money back. You didn't tell me how many other paying clients you have who are perfectly uh, satisfied with what you're offering. You're focusing on the two. And I think that's where the problem starts. And I'm going to get you way on the other side of this, right on the other side of this break. So listen in. The first thing you have to do 
is allow yourself to feel the disappointment and discouragement that comes when someone says, hey, your product just wasn't good enough. We get to be sad. We get to be discouraged. If we did our best and we put our best foot forward and someone said, hey, I didn't really like what you had to offer. I'd like my money back. We get to feel it. What we don't get to do and what's really risky is when we start to define ourselves by it. Because we're not defining ourselves by the 100 plus, 65, whatever you want to call it, put whatever number you want in front of the number of people who've been happy with our services. We don't define ourselves as being awesome and the best and the expert because all these people were happy with our courses or our books or our lessons or our membership, but we're suddenly defining ourselves by the two people who didn't. That is a risk. And I'm sure as you hear me say that out loud, you can see the danger that lies in doing that. But we do have to find a way to combat it. And the first thing I encourage people to do is to get ahead of it with your own series of like checks and balances. What did you promise versus what did you deliver? And did you deliver on what you promised? And then when you talk to the client who is expressing dissatisfaction, just express curiosity about why they're dissatisfied. So often it's because of a, a discrepancy in expectations. I just went through this myself when I told you the drama last week about my floors not being done appropriately. The team came back into the house and they fixed a lot of their screw-ups, but some of it, the guy was really clear with me and said, I think you went into this with different expectations. So sometimes the buyer is going to have a higher expectation than anything close to what we had promised we delivered on. And we can't own that all we can do is explain it away and recognize that the world doesn't end if our buyer had higher expectations than what we were selling. We sometimes just have to clarify that. Now, yes, part of the problem is the money return, the financial return. And the first thing I'm going to encourage you to do is make a plan for that. Anytime somebody purchases a service from me or something, I do two things. The first thing is I automatically take a certain percentage of the income that I brought in from that sale and I move it over to my tax savings account because I know I'm going to have to pay my quarterly taxes here in the United States. The next thing I do is usually I take 10% of the amount I've earned and I put it over to another account on the off chance that someone asks for their money back because not everyone's going to, but then I don't personally feel the financial hit or the debt that comes with spending money that somebody has asked for back. It's a really good mini insurance policy. And then every once in a while, it becomes play money that you can take from that account and use. But so often people freak out over the idea of a refund because they haven't financially planned for it. And then their stress over the finances become the mindset problem that gets in the way of them moving on, moving past it and getting on with it. So you want to be prepared and you want to start with curiosity, but then you want to be financially prepared for the thing that's going to happen. Because people asking for their money back, people expressing dissatisfaction with services rendered is a cost of doing 
business. It's non-negotiable and unavoidable. And the people who have been able to avoid it are lucky because it happens. But the world doesn't stop because it happens. I can't, my dad owned a Subway sandwich shop growing up. And I can't tell you the number of times that I made the sandwich exactly how it was ordered. And the customer simply changed their mind or remembered that it was Lent and they ordered a meat sandwich on a Friday and they couldn't eat meat and suddenly they wanted tuna fish, all kinds of things happen. But when you remove it from being personal, it gets easier to deal with. It really isn't personal. It's just business. And we have to wrap ourselves around that idea and address it like a business owner would, even when we're defined by our our personal brands. Now, one of the reasons why I think people really get tripped up with the idea of a customer or a buyer expressing dissatisfaction has nothing to do with the buyer expressing dissatisfaction. People can intellectually know that that's just going to happen and know that it's the cost of doing business where they trip up and where they struggle is they don't know what to say in response. And not knowing the script and not knowing how they're going to respond is the thing that keeps the business owner frozen like a deer in headlights. So I want to walk you through the script. The first thing is, is you're going to have to decide as a business owner whether or not the complaint rendered is worthy of the refund. A lot of times people are going to tell you that the customer is always right. It's easier to just give the money back rather than deal with the shit show that could be caused if you don't give the money back and they go on a social media war against you or they try to target your brand or sue you or whatever it is. Fill in the blank. A lot of times people will tell you that you should just let the customer be right. I can tell you, having seen a lot of these scenarios over the years, that sometimes that just doesn't work because that's out of integrity for the business owner. It feels like a boundary is being violated. It feels like they're disrespecting themselves and they're not showing themselves self-respect. So they need to get on with it a little bit. Um, and they need to get on with it differently than letting the customer be right. So they're going to stand up for themselves and they're going to let the customer know that they're sorry with their decision satisfaction, but no, no refund is available. And they're going to live with the natural consequence, whatever that may be of that happening. But so often this is a conversation with the buyer to say, hi, I'm curious and concerned about why you weren't happy with the product or service. Can you tell me more about what you were hoping for and where I failed to deliver? Just be curious about it. Be open to learning and be open to the feedback. You may learn something from it, or you may find out that the client is just completely off the rails. Their feedback has no grounding and they're just out to get you a little bit, at which case you can stop taking it personally and again, go back to starting to respond as you would as a business owner. But be curious about it. See if you can clarify misunderstandings. See if you can point out a misstep. See if there's just room for solving the problem with just compromise and good communication or better communication. Hi, I'm surprised to hear you weren't satisfied. Tell me a little bit more about where you were just 
satisfied. I'd really like to help fix this if I can. And then, you know, sometimes people are going to say, the offering didn't do this. The offering didn't do that. You said this was going to happen. You said that was going to happen. And you failed to deliver on the results. And again, express curiosity about it. Learn more. The thing I always do when customers and clients express dissatisfaction with me is I explore whether or not the client tried it. You know, I had 10 years in a brick and mortar as a therapy um as a private therapist, and I could tell you so many people came in telling me, like looking me in the eye accusatory, like saying, oh, I'm still depressed. The first thing I do is say, well, we talked last week that you were going to try X, Y, and Z. How did that work out for you? Because the number of times people come back just consistently depressed, but they haven't tried my idea because they just didn't think it was going to work, is not surprising. I'm sure listening to this, you're not surprised by that. So you can't be surprised if it happens to you too, that there is client and buyer responsibility and you can ask about it. What I like to do is just to create a conversation where the buyer and client knows that you're open to discussion. So often they're expecting you to be defensive. They're expecting a conflict. They're expecting to not get what they want. And if you're just open and curious, sometimes everybody gets what they want. The question I like to encourage business owners to ask is to say, I understand you want a refund and I'm happy to offer that to you, but I was wondering, is there anything I can do? Because it would be my preference that you're satisfied with my services and we work towards solving the original problem rather than you simply getting your money back. And sometimes for whatever reason, trust is going to be broken or they're not going to feel safe trusting you with their product or service. And that's perfectly fine. And there's nothing you can do about that. And at which point, again, you get to decide whether or not you're going to move ahead with the refund or whether or not you're just going to live with whatever natural consequence comes with not offering the refund. And then the, the other thing is to allow yourself to think that maybe you're not the problem. It feels so personal when our brands, our products, our services are attacked. But I got to tell you, people go in and they buy online courses and then they want their money back because they've gotten the information and because somebody's offered the refund policy on that, they're just taking advantage of a situation and they're getting what they came for and then they're getting their money back. And that's simply not fair. So you want to make sure that you're doing a little bit of a prevent defense around this, that you have a clear sort of policy policy that outlines the conditions other, under which somebody's going to get a refund and that you're going to be comfortable living by it. Because a lot of times I can't take back the advice I give. I can't take back the direction I offer people. And if they hire me for an intensive or a two-week intervention or a three-month intervention on their lives or their businesses, and suddenly they decide that they're not where they wanted to be and they got their money, they want their money back, I'm going to be able to say, hey, listen, this is what we talked about. This is what I was going to help you with. This is what I did. This is how I showed up. This is where I see you didn't show up. And I'll be able to hold more accountability when I know that my policies and terms and conditions are clear. And so many times when we're small business owners and we're solopreneurs and we haven't brought in a high volume number of clients, we don't think we actually need something like terms and conditions. 
but that is a tremendous prevent defense to protect ourselves from these hard conversations and hard situations. But the bottom line here is, and the major takeaway is, is that your world is not going to end if people want their money back. Your business is not going to crumble if people want their money back. If they're coming to you in droves asking for money back, if they're just piling on the negative reviews and the poor testimonials, then there's some, you know, reckoning you have to do with yourself and you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, did my copy and my marketing strategy match what the product was? Did I mislead people? But far more often when this question comes my way, it isn't because the product is shabby. It's because one or two people are making noise about the product and suddenly the product creator is doubting themselves. And that's what we're trying to tackle today. That's what we're trying to look in the eye and go to war with so you can feel more confident going forward. Because the idea that that you're staying in bed and you're not getting your work done because two people have complained, you're being challenged as a business owner and you need to start showing up for your business because this is not personal. This is the natural cost that comes with owning a business. And if this isn't your bag and this isn't what you signed up for, this isn't the life you want or what you want for yourself, that's fine. But you need to decide that you're not cut out to be a business owner because unhappy customers is the cost of doing business. I am risking podcast listeners simply by telling people what I really think right now. I'm going on a little bit of a rant. I can feel myself getting fired up, but I try to always include a lesson when I'm getting fueled up here. And what I'm getting fueled up about is the idea that we have to approach these situations as business owners and we can't attract, like expect every hard thing that we face to be something we have to battle and a fear we have to manage when it's what comes with the choice we made to own a business. This is something you can handle. But when you give it oxygen, when you give it power over your life, you are letting it run the show. In fear, it becomes the driver in your life and you're remaining a passenger in your own car. So kick fear to the curb. Get in the driver's seat. I just went a little off the rails there, huh? I just caught that that last segment went over and I got cut off. And uh, you'll just have to bear with me because I hope that you hear my message here. I hope you hear what I'm trying to say and why I care so much about this topic is we have to stop making what's happening in our businesses personal to what's happening with us. We have to start identifying ourselves as business owners and make darn sure that we're in the driver's seat of our own lives and our own businesses. Because what happens when we're putting all of this attention and time on the people who are dissatisfied is we're putting our attention and we're driving our car in the wrong freaking direction. We're never going to get where we want to go until we move past the people who are dissatisfied, put them in the rear view mirror so we can really focus on the people who are currently invested in us, who are happy with our services, who get what we do and are happy with how we do it. If we keep focusing on the minority, the people who are unhappy, who are unsatisfied, we're never going to get where we want to go. It just doesn't happen that way. When we tie our self-worth 
and to the results of our business, we set ourselves up to fail. And I think that's what's happened here with the letter writer who's written in today. I think you have tied your identity and your worth to whether or not people are happy with your services. And now you've set yourself up to fail because two people are unhappy rather than focusing on the story that there are a larger number of people who are, who want your time, who are demanding and expecting your attention because they've paid for it. So it's time to move on. Have the business owner conversation with them. Resolve the refund. Put them in their re their rear. Put them in your rear view mirror, and just get on with it. And just hit the gas. Keep going forward towards what you want, and move past the mistake. You are not the refund. You are not the dissatisfied customer. And as long as you put yourself in that seat, thinking that you are, you're holding yourself back. And you're limiting yourself from what's cap what you're capable of and what's possible. I think on that note, I'm going to end. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having this hard conversation. I know that it's not as simple as me telling you to not be afraid and just go and do it anyway. But I hope that you're hearing in my words and in my intention that we can't just kumbaya our way through fear. We have to go to war with it. That's a mantra that I stand by. It's a Heather Gray. So if you want to meet me, you can meet me on that one. But if you want to continue the conversation, you can find me over at choosetohaveitall.com forward slash follow, and you will be in on all of the mindset minutes that I offer my email community at my group and everybody who listens to the podcast. So you can stay tuned and follow me there and then listen in next time. And if you have value in this conversation, if you find it helpful, certainly do me a favor and get the word out about the show. Be sure to take a second to leave me a review on iTunes. I really do appreciate it. We're 18 reviews in for the United States. I don't know how many of the iTunes listeners outside of the U.S. have written reviews because I don't get to see them. But I know that I have more than 18 American citizens who are listening to my show on a daily basis. So if you could take the time to leave a review and in your own country represent as well, I would surely appreciate it. Thanks for joining me today. Bye for now.